Welcome, everybody, to The Daily Buzz. My, I'm the host, Lucas Bean, with my co-host, Crip King, and our special guest today is Molly. What's up, Molly? What's up? What's good? How you I'm doing? How you doing? doing well. All right, good. Hey, let's retweet out the space, guys. It's, it's, it's pinned above, so give it a retweet, and I'm dropping a pope today. So if you guys want a Poe app, it's coming. So you got to stick around for a little while. We're going to drop the Poe app around like 9 a.m. And uh, I got a couple of things I want to actually ask you guys in the space today. And like, again, this is kind of like a creating content, building community. And obviously, I want to know what your most unique marketing, the most unique marketing you've seen so far in the space. Um, I'm going to pin those above. But after you guys retweet the space out, Let's retweet out the space. After I see everybody give it a retweet, I'm going to uh, I'm going to like pin up the questions that we can actually open up for discussion. I want to get an update, obviously, as always from from Crip King, and we'll go from there. Yeah, definitely. Um, a lot of good stuff. Uh, some announcements this morning: Avalanche and Amazon Inc. to partnership uh, to boost subnet deployment. Uh, Gitcoin uh, is uh, going to test decentralized funding protocol. Um, and then Robinhood announced that they're coming after MetaMask with Polygon Web3 wallets. Uh, besides that, we see Yuga Labs is going to come out with an announced skill based NFT mint that's coming in the next couple days. And then uh, Orange Financial, I'm sorry, Tribeca Film Festival will sell VIP passes as NFTs. Yeah, that's what I got for today. Yeah, it's crazy. Some of the stuff that's going on in the market right now. I've been reading a lot of the, like a lot of what's going on right now, and it's crazy. It's um, a lot of news, so that's uh, bullish, right? Bullish sentiment. Uh, a lot of news, a lot of deal making going on. Uh, I think you know, uh, twelve days in, I'm counting every day as a positive day. Twelve days in, I think we're seeing a lot of good signs. You know, we are. I just don't know how long it could last. Although, um, I don't know if you guys saw, but. You know, we actually dropped for once in um, what is it called? Wow, I can't even think straight. It is uh, it we dropped in like it, the inflation number has actually dropped a little bit down to six point five. I don't know if you guys saw that or not, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, and also stock market, I think had a good uh, performance yesterday. So like, uh, you know, like I think it's just the flavor of like things starting. You know, like like you said, how long can things last? I don't know, but. Let's enjoy the roller coaster while it is. And if we push it in the right direction, at least in our uh, community and uh, communities that are attached to ours, I think, you know, we'll we'll last as long as we can with it, you know? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. What is going on, man? This is crazy town. All right. I pinned up a question above. I want to know what you guys have seen. The most unique marketing you've seen in the space. Um, answer the question below. Pop, pop the bottom right hand corner. There's a little blue button as like comments. Comment down there and just say, you know, what is the most unique marketing you've seen? And then like comment down below. If you retweet out the space and leave a comment, I will be, you guys will be able, you'll qualify for a POAP drop. So just retweet out the space. Good to go. Yeah, you gotta go ahead, Mariana. You don't have to. You don't have to raise your hand. <laughs> I'm just being formal. That's very nice of you. Hi, good morning. <laughs> morning. Um, I was just gonna like talk about what I saw was the most unique marketing. It just like flashed in my mind. Um, if, if I can. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, so I don't know if you remember last year during NFT New York City. Oh yeah. Just, like 
that one company i don't remember that at the top of my my head but they pretty much like faked a protest oh they, yeah yeah like, god hates yeah. nfts yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah isn't that wasn't that wasn't that adam bomb squad it sounds familiar maybe but i thought that was like very bold like i i really legit thought it was like a true organized protest i'm like oh shoot um no I that was the most interesting <laughs> that i just came to my mind <laughs> All right, I, I have a couple more responses here. I got uh, Crip King, obviously, he's got one that says 10K, 10K TF Shop. Okay, well, that's very vague. That's okay. What's what is, what's so unique about their, their uh, drop? Well, uh, just the way the storytelling, you know, they did storytelling, then uh, they're pretty much first to kind of introduce and get everybody excited with skins and uh, if you just look at the way that they uh, they did the lore with uh, Wagmisen, uh, it just you know kept everybody going throughout the whole season, and uh, uh, then you were able to do different things off of your NFTs with it. So uh, just the storytelling, you know, keeping you along the whole way was uh, I thought was pretty epic. Yeah. I, okay, that's interesting. Does anybody else? Let's see. Who what else do we have here? Um, we have QQL and DECA have the most fun and FOMO marketing, I recall. This is from julietehaas.eth forward slash dot tes. So QQL and DECA have the most fun and FOMO marketing, I recall. Um, I, I would I would jump on that uh, on that wagon as well. You know, they, uh, QQL was the one, if I'm not mistaken, that did the uh, generative and they let everybody kind of uh, get on that board to... Uh, create some of your own and did the whitelist through that. So yeah, I agree. That was uh, one of the best of the, I could remember since the start of uh, NFT space. So I totally agree with that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I also have one. Let's see. I think um, I'm going to go and say, I mean, for, this is maybe an unpopular opinion, but I'm going to have to say it was goblins. Like, goblins very much took the i mean i didn't it wasn't at my speed but it definitely got my attention because everybody else like got my attention to say do you hear this space <laughs> and they like literally were like you gotta come in and i was like i literally was harassed until i finally went into the space to listen and i was just like oh my god these people and the funny part was like i've known someone for like at least 10 years in the the startup and tech space Literally, she was, she's a founder uh, of a couple of companies and, you know, she's still operating those and she came into the space and she's a completely square, you know what I mean? Straight edge person, business person came into the space, literally bought a goblin in the space and then started talking like a goblin and like saying bad th I don't know who she was talking about, but she was just saying negative things. And um, it was really interesting to hear her talk in this weird voice and then go, oh God, guys, you don't understand how much I needed that. And then they, she left and I was like, I can't believe what this space is doing right now to people. You know what I mean? Like to, that is crazy to me to see, you know, normal people coming in, grabbing a PFP and just being someone completely different. It's like putting on a jersey and going to a, like a sporting event and then, that person turns into a different person. You know what I mean? Like it, you can almost be like be brothers going to like a football game and each one of them rooting for a different team. And they're like about to kill each other during the game. But as soon as the game's over, they're brothers again. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's in, just in the, 
And the interesting part was it was needed at that time period, right? You like we were like in a kind of a lull and that was something that kicked something else off, you know, like which I like to call like the D&D phase of lore and all this other stuff, but like yeah, no, that was uh, I agree that was a good one. <clears throat> right? I can't believe that one still. That one uh, that one still takes the cake for me. And uh, you know, they used to do that and I was I was around for the ape stuff where people were making all the ape noises and stuff and I have to admit there was uh that stuff was interesting too, but it was nowhere near as interesting as, uh, you know, basically as, as the goblins, just because like the way they did it, apes were. Well, I think you would agree that the, I think also the goblins were a little bit more incubated as far as team and stuff where oh, maybe yeah. the apes were just like, let's, uh, throw something against the wall. Holy crap. We, we, you know, like we hit something out the park, you know, like, uh, so, cause a lot of people think like the goblins were just, no, they were, it was very, very uh good prepared and and then you can see after that project there was another project that was like uh shit.wtf and they were also amazing at uh some of the stuff they did as far as just mechanics and how they pushed the space forward you know like so uh i i agree that time period was like something else that was different than what we saw at the start for sure right that's what i'm talking about right there man all right, let's get into having a little discussion here. Although Molly denied my co-host request like six times, which is totally fine, Molly. It's totally okay. I'll let that go just this once, though. Um, yeah. Great, so great I don't to have, have the. Thanks, man. I don't have the best service. Like it's it's been rugging me out of spaces like pretty badly. So I just wanted to give a heads up. That's but okay, Molly. As far as the marketing stuff goes, as well. Like I was trying to think of like a best example in my head, and honestly, like. Obviously, like, I do dabble more in, like, the the artist community, but, um, yes, to Goblins, because I think, like, it was just storytelling in itself, and I think, like, the most, um, like, the most creative and unique, uh, you know, marketing I've seen, I think, has literally come from, like, people putting themselves in the stories, like, in the characters of whatever art it is that they're um, you know, the, yeah, I would like, call it, I would call that acting. Is that storytelling or acting? Because it sounds like well, they're like, you know, here's the script, like start making all these noises and come up with funny, funny names for people like Gary P sauce and all that weird, all that weird stuff. So, I mean, and then they had that weird music that went in. It was just literally a clanging, like sounding like a clanging dungeon noise. Like yeah. It wasn't good. Um, but it seemed to work it's almost like, I don't know if you ever guys, have you guys ever heard of those break, they're called break rooms where you go into a, you go into a room, you pay a bunch of money, you go into a, a, a room and you start breaking glasses and like wrecking the furniture and all that other stuff it was big in the eighties and like early nineties where you just go in and be all frustrated from your job and just like destroy everything. People paid like a premium for that. And I see that as kind of like. I don't know, just like an anti, like a stress relieving tool. And that tool is in this case, you know, um, would be, you know, going into a goblin space after you buy a goblin. Right. And then all of a sudden you're like, <laughs> it's you're, you can not, it's like wearing them. Uh, it's like Halloween. You can pretend to be somebody you're not for like just the, just the day, you know what I mean? Or just a couple of days or the week or, you know, just get involved. Oh, after work, I'm going to go be a, I'm going to go into a space on Twitter and be a goblin again. <laughs> that was so much fun. Um, yeah, Molly, what's up? You got your hand up. Um, 
yeah like I think that that's a perfect way to like describe it too I because like that is storytelling in itself like you know like it's just like in the moment it's like basically improvised and I think like um that's actually like literally the essence of storytelling and and then I think of like another project like the sappy seals and it's like I see those same tendencies like people are arfing on spaces you know like people are literally vicariously living throughout their their character you know that they've picked or whatever and um you know just in in like one-of-one art too like you know I follow some pretty amazing artists that are killing it right now and selling their pieces for a lot of money individually and it's like some of these artists are literally creating a storyline with characters from piece to piece to piece and it's crazy to see like I watched one of my friends so one of my friends has like um one of their individual pieces is like just the profile of one of their recurring characters and like many of their pieces I'm talking about Terrell Jones and like that piece in particular like went for like a crazy stupid amount of money but it's like when you think about like the psychology behind it all it's like that's really just storytelling it's real that's really all it is you just have to get people invested um by like you know creatively telling the story and um yeah that's all I wanted to add about the marketing side of things. Yeah. I mean, it is always about obviously creatively telling the story and also like creating process threads so people can actually understand your process as an artist. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that's critical. There's so many ways to like market in the space, but the best way for a one of one artist, I think to market in the space is to be completely transparent with their process, how they get to where they get the, for the final product. And that final product is the, you know what I mean? That's the destination everybody wants to get to. And people, in, in theory, they love the art, but people buy the story more than they buy the art. And if you can actually tell a really good story through like a process thread, which is just a, a, a Twitter thread with a bunch of tweets in between where it's like step, you know, here's where I came up with the idea. Step two is here's where I did this. Step three is here's where I came up with that. And step 20 is, Hey, here's the final product. And here it is on OpenSea. And don't ask for that. Don't ask for someone to purchase it. Show them the art, show them the process and building it. And people will like fall in love with that process and understand you more as a person come up into a space and share that process thread. And bam, people are like understanding your story a lot more. And I think it's super powerful to like make sure you use Twitter the right way. And especially in this space, like literally the, the NFT community lives on Twitter right now, at least for, for right now, at least. (laughs) Um, If you can, uh, if you look at like, uh, I think his name's Jeremy falls. He he's doing some things with some eggs and I was in his room and the way that he's kind of like laying everything out. And then, you know, when he did his internet as a fad drop, that thing was 0.01. He brought in 300,000, you know, like, and that was like him doing this great kind of like storytelling process through memes. And so like, and then you see ghost ghost dropped the other day and they have their color wheel and that keeps everybody involved that pulled in through manifold $1 million in five minutes, you know, like, and then like Molly was saying, Terrell is just like on a roll right now and he's doing a great with keeping everybody involved and his characters like coming a lot, you know, and it's great. It's great all across the board. So, yeah, I think it's transparency. I think it's also like the way you communicate with your 
holders and then it's also consistency they're constantly updating you know uh in the steps you know as well yeah they definitely are i think definitely obviously consistency but they you know some of these folks you just mentioned already had a huge following you know what i mean like they had a huge following before crypto even so um ghost was big all that stuff so when you start growing an audience like that offline um in real life and also you already have an audience before that because of stuff you're posting. You know what I mean? Um, it'll be, it would be easier for me because I have, you know, a bunch of followers to, for me to release an NFT, which I'm doing soon on super rare Molly. What? And, uh, when I do, you know, you guys could actually take a look at my piece and, you know, check out the process behind it and the story behind it. And I will absolutely, you know, not care whether you buy it or not, obviously, or, you know, so, but, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm a big fan of this whole, you know, distribution marketing and, you know, attention economics, because at the end of the day, people, you know, this is, this is an attention game. We've been saying this for like a long time. Everybody's been, been talking, you know, social media has been an attention economy for like over a decade. So this is nothing new. If you hear people saying, oh, it's an attention economy. We were battling for attention. Dude, we've been battling for attention for like 10, 12 years. So it, it's social media. It's always been this way. So anybody that's saying it, like it's new um, attention economy or hey, community, 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 guess what? Community has been around for thousands of years. Also a couple buzzwords. Just want to make sure you guys know um, community is, you know, a collection of buzzwords and, you know, a bunch of other words. And, and, and can I tell you, it's all marketing. It all comes down to marketing. And, uh, you know, community is super powerful in this space because we all have a vested interest in our investments and to make a project work, especially if we put our own funds into it. Kat, how's it going? Welcome to the stage. How are you doing? Thanks for having me up, Luke. I really appreciate it. Thank Pleasure. you so much. Uh, I uh, tweeted uh, at the comments here for this, like about the marketing. I shared an article from NFT Evening. Uh, my husband is uh, a top creative director, and so he pays attention to a lot of the things that are applying what has worked in Web 2 or IRL into the Web 3 space with the Web 3 ethos. And one that really stood out for him, and this relates to what you were just saying about attention right now, um, is... I, the project was called We're All Going to Die. I don't know how they're doing now, but they burned a make. And they live streamed it. And a lot of people disliked it because they basically at the time were burning 36,000 USD. Um, but the fact of the matter is, it was a stunt. And guerrilla marketing stunts like that work. It garnered a lot of attention. Uh, it garnered a lot of commentary. And as you were saying earlier, Luke, in this market, attention is the way to build whether it's positive or negative, it depends on what your value prop is, right? If their value proposition was rele relevant to burning a make, then it was 100% called for, right? And they did what they needed to to be able to get their message out and make their point. You know, if people didn't like it, that's fine. A lot, like, you got to take a look at a lot of celebrities these days too. Like, Kim Kardashian got famous because she leaked her own sex tape, right? That's She got a lot of negative press. Paris Hilton wrote off negative press and positive press in her 20s and look at her now she is doing everything so sometimes making a splash like that is the way to go i'd love to hear what you guys have to think about that yeah i agree i mean negative any any press is good press in some cases but i would not want to build my brand off of like a sex tape that's just me um i'm not here to you know promote me as i'm like walking around like oh look at me look at me i'm just a socialite um, no offense. It's just not my thing. And, uh, I, I actually respect people, you know, who actually create businesses out of any kind of thing. So respect to any of that, if you could build and scale any kind of business, 
regardless of how you do it, you know, as long as you're not like hurting anybody by doing it, then you're, you're great. You're in a good spot. So with that said, everybody, four minutes to a POAP drop, get ready. You're going to have to like answer this question though. So we're going to, we're going to have to see who knows anything about the movie Spaceballs. Anybody, anybody see the movie Spaceballs? Are you kidding me? None of you it's seen iconic. Spaceballs? It is an iconic. Oh, may the Schwartz be with you. Thank goodness somebody said that. Thank God Cat knows it. Crypt King does not know it. I don't know what that's I about. I mean, I know it, but I don't oh know. Oh, my God. You don't you, you know it. You don't know it. If you don't know, you don't know, man. You should know it. Like, that's a that's a staple. You got to actually know. Uh, that's a John Candy classic, man. Yeah. Right? Part man, part dog. I'm a mom. Or piece of the hut. Right. And Whoa. Like, hey, guess name. what? She just... <laughs> <laughs> she just gave the uh that was the secret word guys so at nine oh, shoot, at no. nine a.m no that's good at nine a.m in three minutes go over the po app you know app the ios app or android app and then type in exactly what she just said if you can remember what she said you're good to go all lowercase by the way it's a really it's a really funny one molly what's up we so molly's our special guest today i wanted to talk to molly because she's killing it in the one-of-one art space today she's only sold two pieces thus far but for a lot of money and she her twitter growth is exponential let's find out from molly what she's doing molly welcome oh my gosh hi hi molly um so real quick i have sold i've sold three pieces oh three pieces sorry i I thought it was two i swear it was two I, well, you know, my, I haven't like done my pieces in an auction format or anything. Um, buy it now? Was it just buy it nows? Um, basically like they were sold like in person before I sold them like online. Oh, snap. See, holy cow. So they met you in real life and they bought them in person. Um, okay. So. The first two pieces, that's more of the storyline behind it. But then this last piece, no. It was more so like somebody hit me up and they were like, I'm ready whenever you are type of thing. And um, But anyways, anyways, uh, when, it, when it comes to, I guess, how I do that, um, how I sell my art, like I will say like it's, it's not any type of the same marketing that I think a lot of uh, NFT projects do um i don't do open editions i don't do auctions um because i guess the whole like ethos behind like just how i want to grow on twitter and and how i want to especially sell my art because that's the whole reason why i'm actually here is um you know i want the right people to own it like it's super important to me um because i just really value my shit man like it's just really it's like a piece of my soul so it's like i need to really care about who has my soul because um you know i i'm a big person on like my energy and just peace of mind and um so so far with uh yeah you know my art sales and everything it's been it's been really great there's great people that own my work right now and there's three of them and, um, you know, I, I'm going to move forward sticking to my ethos, even though, you know, the goal is to like have the price increase and everything. It's, uh, yeah. 
You never, I don't think you ever really want to talk about the price increase. I think you should just increase the price and move forward. Like people have already purchased your three pieces of art, three of three so far. Just move forward with that, with that process and you're good to go. I would, I'd recommend not letting everybody know, oh, by the way, my price is going up by 20% on my next piece. If you do that, I think if people would be like, wait, what, why? Like, why are you even telling us that? First, just try it and just go. Like, I don't think anybody's going to look and go, you know, I'm comparing the art before to now and like, why is the price going up? It, you don't have to answer that as a one-on-one artist. You do, like if you had a like a big collection and there was like 300 pieces and like the last 10 you increased the price of or the last 20, you're like, wait, all these pieces were the same price of this edition and now you increase the price for like, you know, by for the last 10 or 20, why? That's That would be a question mark for, I think, some people. But if you're just increasing a price of one-of-ones, no need to explain it at all, actually. And if they do ask, then you explain it. Um, but increasing price is like a touchy subject. If you bring it up, they'll probably say no. If you actually don't bring it up, it's kind of like not asking for permission to do it because it's your art. Like let you decide, you get to decide like what the price is. By the way, it's 901. Claim your PO app now. So go to the PO app app and the basically the secret word is who like who the evil character one of the evil characters was inside of the movie Spaceballs and he ate him he basically ate himself to death in the movie Spaceballs all one word all lowercase so if you know who that is you got it if you don't know who that is you're out of luck What's up? DM me. What's up, Kat? Okay, what's up, Kat? You got your hand up. <laughs> I was just going to say to Molly, um, as somebody who uh, has owned a business, is, is in the food space, and has had to increase their prices several times, like, don't worry about increasing your prices. And this goes for everybody. If you, the people who value what you do won't care because they're going to come back regardless and they'll see the price increase. They might even celebrate it because it means you're taking care of you, you're taking care of your bottom line, and it means that you're going to be around longer for them to uh, continue building value for whatever reason that you give them. So up, upping your price is when you got to do it because that's your price and that's your value. Like go off. That's how it's done. Boom. Hey, so whoever got the PO app, did anybody get the PO app yet? Anybody? 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 All right. Molly, your hands up. Go. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So to both of your points, I just wanted to make it very clear that Almost all of what I do and the conversations I have and, and everything that take place about basically all of this stuff happens in person before it ever reaches social media. And that is literally my marketing strategy. And the thing is, is like it works really well because this space runs off of scarcity. And um, that's how the one that's a, that's exactly how honestly, like the fine art market works. Um you know, like when it comes to my work, like I'm just going to put it out there. Like I know it's worth more than three ETH, but the thing is, is I never showed a piece of art in my life. I've been creating art since I was really young, but I've never showed a piece of art in my life before December 6th of last year. And so I wasn't going to come out swinging, you know, asking for 10 ETH because in my opinion, like, you know, it's like, okay, I want to build a foundation of solid collectors of my first couple pieces my first few pieces which is exactly what i've done it's literally exact it's exactly what i've done so far you know like i have three great collectors that are i look at them more more as 
friends and connections and just people that understand the ethos and the psychology behind my art and myself. And now I'm so comfortable, you know, with these conversations that I'm having offline saying like, yeah, you know, like the people that come to me about my art, you know, I'm not, I'm not out here pitching my art to people, (laughs) but the people that come to me about it, um, it's more so about like, you know, if they value what I'm doing, that they're going to value the price increase. And I will not talk about it on a space again. How about that? I will not talk (laughs) about it on a space again, but that's genuinely what I believe. And that's what I see work. And the thing is, is that at the end of the day, my art is physical. So NFTs is just an accelerator for me. I'm, I'm viewing this space. I'm viewing super rare. I'm viewing the extremely accessible, amazing people that I have the opportunity to meet just because of how niche this space is right now. As an, it's an accelerator for artists if they want to use it that way. Absolutely. Agree. Absolutely agree. Twitter, Twitter is, if you have art in a physical location, Twitter and blockchain actually accelerates and also allows you, Twitter allows you this free reach amplifier to, instead of just showing it in a place where, you know, there's like maybe a hundred or 150 people come through that actually will buy your art and check out your art inside of a gallery in a physical location. NFTs allows you to amplify that by hundreds of thousands, if not millions for absolutely almost next to nothing, if nothing at all. Like I've definitely amped up and got, you know, millions of impressions on just tweets. And I know people, you know, artists have actually done the same thing. So it definitely amplifies your reach. Brad, you got your hand up. What's up, my man? GM gang. GM uh, brother. I wanted to hop in here real quick and say that, you know, like, yeah, don't be afraid to increase prices, man. I mean, like, realistically, that's just a real subtle form of imposter syndrome, you know? Like, you are absolutely good enough to increase your prices, you know? Even as a dev, you know, I've done it over the past two years now, you know? I mean, started off doing smart contracts for, like, a, like way less than what I'm doing them now, you know? And the more you do and the more that you actually put out there, the more artwork you sell, the more contracts you write, the things like that, I mean, realistically, kick up your price each time a little bit. You know, it's not like, you know, you sold one piece of art and all of a sudden now everything you do is going to be, you know, 10 ETH floor, you know, like you can't, you have to be realistic and reasonable as well. But I would say kick up your price with every single piece that you sell, even if it's just by a little bit, because ultimately now, you know, 10 pieces later, you are at that 10 ETH floor, you know, and people are actively buying it because now you have this track record and this community and all of these, you know, loyal people that are buying your art. And, you know, I mean, don't let imposter syndrome get in the way because you are 100% good enough to increase your prices if you're doing anything at all. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Brett. Uh, good point. And usually when you talk about price increases in products, it's usually for like a, a SaaS solution, software as a service. If you're paying like $6 a month and they're, they're going to increase the price, um, they have to let you know. Right. I mean, as a customer, they ha- they actually have to let you know when a price comes in uh, higher. They don't they wouldn't they actually don't want to let you know. But the uh, you know, basically there's regulations around like just increasing prices without letting people know this stuff more. The more open people are with uh, increasing prices, especially with like a software as a service product or so, something that's billed monthly, like your Netflix subscription is going to go up and, you know, Netflix is, you know, nine bucks and now it's going to 13. Like they have to let you know if they just start charging you 13, you didn't like get notified and you didn't really agree to that price increase. 
So they have to have an email that says, you know, I did that already. But when it comes to one of one art, yeah, I, I don't disagree with bread and I don't disagree with Molly. I actually think there's really no real way to like increase the price. If you feel comfortable increasing the price, go for it. If you want to communicate increasing the price and why you're doing it, go for it. I just think it's a, uh, you know, less friction, less permission, you know, asked because you're the artist, you get to like decide like, you know, at last piece I charged 3000 today, this time I'm charging 3,500 and you don't have to give them a reason why. I don't even think anybody will ask you like, why is that piece 300 and this piece 3,500? It's just art. It's up to you. Like there's no, like, you don't have to like sell them on like this utility of like, Oh, it's because it's got like rocket shit. It comes with like a rocket ship. It's in the back and it's got an ultimate utility. And it's like, no, it's art. You're buying it for the art. And if it's worth 3,500 to you, you're going to buy it. If it's not, someone else is going to buy it, you know? So Chris is here. What's up? Night neon cat. Sorry, man. I always say that wrong. I apologize. No, you said it right this time. I did? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, you said, yeah. DM, uh, no, I've been working on it. <laughs> enjoying listening to this discussion about just like i i think it's so funny like there's just so many ways that art can be utilized in web3 and like everybody gets on stage and there's like oh i think it should be this way and i think it should be this way but like honestly like it all depends on the artist and you know just how totally. they find you know decide to value their work like you're right if somebody feels their art is worth three ETH, then go ahead and do it uh you know however on the downside it's like you have to prove it's worth three ETH out there uh but you know and with the power of web3 you can you can actually obtain that. It's so crazy compared to, to the rest of the world. Uh, but anyways, yeah, happy, what, today's Thursday, right? Yeah. Thursday. <laughs> Chris, if you want to, by the way, Chris, we got a Poe app out if you want. Um, if, you're on the po, if you're on the Poe app app, just type in, just type in Pizza the Hut, all lowercase, one word. Oh, Pizza the Hut. Pizza okay. the Hut, uh, baby. <laughs> one second. I'm like bouncing between phones right now, but I'm going to grab that. I, I, I'm a Poe app. Enthusiast. <laughs> One of our amazing community members created the art, so I have to admit I got to give him. I got to give her major props. So check it out. Oh, cool. Who uh, are they here? On I don't see them like in the audience, group. but I will. Uh, I'll share their information afterwards. But man, great art. Um, and we got a whole bunch of other pieces coming up as well from Red. One of our community members is. Um, I'm gonna like be releasing. He made me a bunch. I mean, Red made some amazing art, and it's like that's what we're that this is what we call like you know kind of like permissionless stuff he like stepped up when i you know i was like hey guys anybody want to take part in creating art he created a bunch of art for po apps and this is how you increase your distribution everyone like if you just say hey i'll create some art now everybody's collecting the po app that's literally got your name attached to it and everybody's going to go check out your art later it's kind of a cool thing um so if you guys want to have an opportunity you know dm me uh, DM Crip King, whoever, whichever one you want to do. And like, you know, jump into one of our, our group chats and like, we will absolutely love to have you create some art. I would love to give you distribution by, you know, distributing your, your art through a PO app. Um, you know, none of us make any money off of that. We're just, you know, happy to like give you some, you know, proof of attendance. Go ahead, Chris. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah actually, you know, that does sound pretty fun. Um, I know I have like, um, I have like this folder of free traits that I give out to everybody. Maybe I can like, put something together that's cohesive enough for that would be amazing <laughs> chris if you could give yeah. us a if you could give us a mark for a po app wow man i would just be honored number one and that would just be cool like everybody would be like give me that <laughs> <laughs> yeah that sounds fun i'll see i'll see what i can do i can't make any problems no like, i won't I'm, hold you to it don't I'm worry like even three projects right now so it's a mess uh no but um but it's it sounds fun maybe like on my free time i'll i'll, I'll whip something up but yeah that sounds cool and it's and it is really cool like 
having the poet distribution. I know that it's working well with like a lot of other um, spaces hosts in, the, in in Twitter right now. So like that's a really popular thing. I'm wondering like if there's a way to properly utilize something like a manifold open claim in the same term as a poet. I feel like that. That's interesting. I was thinking about that, Chris. It's funny. I didn't. I wasn't thinking manifold. Of course, um, that's your genius oh, yeah. idea. Manifold I was thinking is such a smart idea to do it. However, I know that there's manifolds kind of being botted right now. Like if you put something on free claim, there's a bot that's like, oh, this is a free claim. Go grab it. So you have to figure out how to not get it botted. <laughs> so, but if you can solve that, I feel like. I mean, I, I no no disrespect towards POAS, but I think like that the manifold system may like beat out uh, something like that. I future. think so too, Chris. I think an NFT, like a legit NFT, you know what I mean, like would actually benefit. And yeah, you're right about the the whole manifold contract. And like you said, you don't want the bots to come in and stuff like that. Totally agree. Also, like it, it, I guess we'd have to do some kind of like way of doing like you know one per wallet, and even those, but even those have like those bots sometimes are loaded up with like, you know, hundreds of unique wallet IDs. So oh yeah. I want to, I want to say, see, I, I hate pricing things, but I want to say like maybe the cheapest, the cheapest possible price might get you uh, easier bot issue. I don't know. Uh, again, that's, that's something I'm not even sure how to solve because bots are just so rampant in the space right now. But I, the first person that can solve it, I think will uh, be, very uh, successful in that in that kind of path. Yeah, I don't disagree. I actually think it's a great idea. I thought of doing an NFT for this kind of stuff. Like every show, we do an NFT drop, and people can just collect that NFT. I love that idea. I'm gonna look into it a little bit deeper because I agree that the Poap app itself is wicked tough with the their captcha. I just did it myself a couple of times, and I couldn't even collect my own Poap because of the the captcha code. And I don't know what that's about, but I've been talking to the, uh, the, the CEO over at POAP um, and I'm telling him, you know, basically you gotta, you gotta fix this because it's just the user experience is really, is really tough. Um, that's just my opinion, at least. I don't know if you guys have ever used a POAP or tried to do a POAP. Um, I, to, I haven't, I, but I, all the spaces I've been on that have POAPs, I've noticed that every single one of them is complaining about the user experience right now. So you're probably not the only one that's talking to the CEO, man. And I really hope that the space is loud enough to actually get uh, some changes here because it seems like they're a great way to get attendance and a great way to get people showing up and participating. Um, but if it's a terrible user experience, like some spaces, I can't remember who it was, but they're complaining about the puzzle that's involved with it and people don't like the puzzle part of it. So I don't know. I, hopefully they do make some changes. I agree. What were you saying, Chris? Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say... Um... I was going to actually say kind of what Mary Marianne was saying that um, I know that the CEO of Poep has talked to several people like he's he's in many of my like little networks. You know, people are always like, oh, I got to reach out with the CEO of Poep and and there's all these issues. There's also some issues going on with Poep. Like, sorry. But uh, and I also remember way back in the day, we basically had to like beg for more Poeps to be made on things. I'm not sure if it's easier now, but hopefully it's easier now it's a little uh, hey chris yeah. it's a little easier so I, I don't know if you remember our spaces back in like september october or august of 2021 but we were doing po apps too and because it was so difficult then i just had to stop it just wasn't scalable like i could do a po app i would try to do a po app and i would do i would basically say you have to come to the show and this is my method of doing it so you, i'm going to give you guys a little bit of alpha here if you want this for your shows 
or any of your content, I would do a PO app once a week and I wouldn't tell you which show you'd have to come to. You'd have to come to all of them to grab the PO app. And once you got a certain amount of PO apps, you actually got added to an allow list. You know what I mean? And you can actually leverage those PO apps for allow list. So it was, it was interesting. Nick, I saw your hand up. What's up, Nick Young? What's up? What's up? Um, it sounds like me and Brett got to get together and do some sort of like 1155 contract that lets you issue. Yeah, I've been talking to Brett about this, actually. He said it was ridiculously difficult. He said it was impossible to do. That's what he told me on the phone. I, feel like, I talked to him I feel on the like phone I'm... and he was like, it's impossible, bro. No, that's not what he I said. Know. It was impossible. It's easier to send somebody to Mars and get them back than it is to create that. I don't think I've ever heard Brett say that. He did, trust me. He's like, dude, it's like wicked hard, yo, dude. No, what I was talking about was how hard it was doing all the, like, like what Magic Link is doing and wallet. Okay, yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> We're already talking about it, Nick. I know exactly what you're talking about, man. Molly, yeah, back yeah. to Molly. Molly's our special guest. I want to say hi to Piro just real quick, and then right back to Molly. I want to talk a little bit more about how she's building like attention on Twitter. Piro, what's up, man? Nah, man. Just uh, you guys are talking about all this like skill based mint and the, the thing on POAP. And, uh, you know, I got to tell you, I uh, I minted that POAP with a minute six left on the clock. So you guys got to <laughs> step your game up counting. Um, but uh, <laughs> I'm just teasing. No, uh, one thing that I wanted to bring up, and maybe, you know, you guys can, you know, talk about it or discuss it or whatever, but uh, the skill based mint for the board apes coming up does anybody has anybody ever given any thought how the fact that anything that's skill based is technically in violation of the american disability association because it excludes people like it's an exclusionary thing and i i, I was in a chat last night so people were talking about it and the one guy was making some very good points but his his whole thing uh, when it came down to it is the laws in place that, you know, that are protecting or preventing this right now are for gaming. Um, you know, there's certain things that you can't do with gaming that are, you know, skill-based for contests and entries because people who have disabilities can't do certain things. No, I get and, it. I know exactly what you're talking about. But with um, NFTs, Kira. it's kind of a gray area right now. So. Yeah, it all is. There's there's, a, there's not even regular, you know, clear regulations around NFTs. You know what I mean? It's really tough to understand. There's no guidance at all. So I agree with that. And I could tell you there's a, there's a thing called the ADA, and they definitely are um, – there's some law that was passed recently. If you have a website, no joke, if you're selling something on a website, this is no joke, guys, and you do not have it ADA compliant so that you know people with disabilities, such as being blind, whatever the case may be, if they can't shop on your website, they could sue you and they, they will win. Uh, so just don't understand, if you're selling something on the internet and someone decides to sue you because they can't interact and purchase because they're they can't see the screen and you're not ADA compliant. They absolutely 100% can sue you. A friend of mine got sued, had to settle outside of court. And all she had was a boutique website and they came after like everybody in her town that she's in. Um, so just an FYI, that's interesting. Molly, back to you. Let's talk about how are you building? What is your strategy of building like 
your reach on Twitter and, you know, your, your impressions and everything like that. Like how many times do you tweet a day? What, what are you tweeting about a day? Stuff like that. Like replies versus like tweets. I want to hear all, I want to hear it all. Cause you're really blowing up. Oh my gosh. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, also I want to say this is the first time I've been able to be on a stage with Chris and, um, like that's thrilling. Um, so honestly, like, Chris is pretty uh, dope. I, I honestly can say that, um, my growth kind of just like happened really naturally before my eyes. And then out of that developed the fact that I was able to get on a platform like super to sell my art. Um, so I just started hosting Twitter spaces. And the thing is, is like, they were just like late night. Um, like we would talk about art and we would talk about maybe like psychedelics or something um in a humble fashion and honestly like I just I every single thing I think I've done on Twitter I've just been really consistent with and like I'll actually stamp that you know like I really believe that you don't have to be like on Twitter 12 hours a day I think you just have to provide the right type of quality for the type of audience that you are bringing in with the type of content you're you're giving and then I think out of that, it's just a matter of being consistent. Like every, like I have a solid, solid community of people that, you know, like they just support what I'm doing on Twitter and they know that Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturdays, I host Twitter spaces for like one hour a day. And, and there's like certain times that I do it. And I also just, um, you know, I can say that like, uh, when I first got into this space, which was only, um, Gosh, which which was only like in June of last year. Isn't that crazy Um, how time flies too? I remember you sitting in the audience with us speaking up on stage, just hanging out in the audience and I never heard your voice. And you finally popped up one day and you're like, hey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, and I can say that um, the fact that like, I do think that like the fact that I'm fresh out of college, like I, I was very, you know, it's, I, I started in the space with like maybe a, an account size of like 4,000 or something from my, from my basketball career. And I would definitely say like that immediately helped because people are probably like, Oh, like she played basketball or something. And I had a lot of those conversations when I first started hopping in spaces, but I was essentially here because I was already following some artists that I just really liked their artwork in general. I had no idea like if they were selling or anything, I just liked looking at it. And, um, you know, after I graduated, I was like, well, I need something. I need to do something with this free time. I'm like a very hyperactive person. So I just started to like very naively navigate the space. And then I uh, realized pretty quickly like that, you know, so you you can either control social media or it controls you type of thing. And I think um, that's essentially why I started hosting Twitter spaces because I just was joining a lot of Twitter spaces and I was not finding the content that I truly wanted to give my time to if I was going to be on on social media and so I just like was able to naturally kind of like gravitate the right people in my corner and then I just you know like they're my actual friends like I hop on calls with them I you know like I have conversations with these people and um I think like out of that it's just kind of like a 
you know, once you have 10 solid people in your corner there that are going to support you every day and you support them back, then it just kind of like the right people continue to gravitate towards you. If you continue to be curious, if you continue to be creative in the way you do things. And I think especially if you continue to just like be authentic, you know, like I'm sure that sounds cliche, but I really do believe that there is like levels to that in this space. And I think, um, you know, like when I first started posting my artwork, I was like, subconscious about it um and be wait I don't think that's the right word I was trying to use I was uh okay let me put it like this I'm working with my physical art and I'm posting it in a space where a majority of the art is digital that I'm seeing and so out of that I was like damn you know are people gonna even like this like this is just my art that's my medium like my medium is physical because it gets very deep it's honestly like ritualistic and um you know I never changed my medium, but when I first started posting my art, I was like, oh, I should probably start learning Blender. I should probably start learning all these digital things. But honestly, like, I had the right people in my corner to be like, no, dude, like, just, we fucking love your art. Just keep posting it. So I just, I've realized, like, you know, like, I've just really, I feel like I um, can say, like, I, I truly embrace just my, what I'm doing. I, I really am just, like, completely bought into it you know I'm really just like this is my medium this is my art and I only want the people that genuinely like it and genuinely like support me to follow me to be in my corner you know um and I think that out of doing that and then of course again with consistencies when it comes to social media and algorithms like that's the key you know it's like I I I don't experiment too crazy how many, how many times do you tweet thinking. a day though? How many times do you tweet a day? And like how often, like what are the tweets to replies? Like, what are you, what are you thinking right now? What are the numbers? Cause I know you got the numbers. What are they? I, t- I, my consistency is like, I tweet, like pr- you go to my profile and you see, Oh, what did this girl tweet today? I tweet like three times a day. Nice. That's I a good number. Like three I, or four times a day. But yep. the thing is, is I reply to everybody i reply to every single person as you should yeah i love it yeah you should do that i reply to everybody and then i also um i i am like active in the artist community like i am talking with artists in the dms i am um commenting and, and giving feedback like straight under their posts you know like and supporting others like i think like you know and it's not like fake support it's like dude i've found some of the most sick art and sick artists on here and so it's just like man i just comment on shit and like th- at the end of the month um i know lucas and i have actually talked about this it's crazy but like at the end of the month you know like you go to twitter analytics and it shows you like how many tweets you've sent out and that includes like all of your comments and replies and stuff not just like your basic tweets that are on your your you know upfront profile and like my tweets are at like 5,000 tweets at the end of the month because I'm like 5,000 tweets everybody did you hear that she literally tweets 5,000 times in a month hello that is no small feat so you're that this is what I was trying to get at is that you're saying, oh, you know, I just like take part and do this and do that. No, you tweet 5,000 times. That's huge. That is work. That's 166 times a day, just an FYI on average. And that's for 30 days. So you, that means you tweet more than 50 times a day, um, which I actually saw the numbers of. I was like, oh, wow, average 50 times a day. No, 
166. 166. So if you do 5,000 tweets, that's crazy, dude. Like, respect <laughs> to the work ethic. Like, seriously. But, like, can I just say that, like, I genuinely don't view saying good morning back to people as, like, a work. Like, it's, it's just not. Like, oh, it's morning. not, but it's, it's, it's like, can I tell you, it's the little things, Molly. And I've been trying to explain this to people for literally more than a year. Like, comment. If you think you're too good to comment back to people on tweets, you're wrong. Like you should be commenting back to everybody that you possibly can. And when you do, that's more interaction that that's people being heard and seen. When you are, you hear and see people, they tend to like you a lot more and want to do more things with you. So again, that creates a, a lasting bond and a bit, a better relationship than just like, you know, tweeting and having nobody reply. People are used to shouting into the void on Twitter and guess what? you're answering their shout into the void. It's no longer the void anymore when you reply to them. That's the real alpha of the space today. Like that is creating relationships and distribution. Oh my God, she said GM back. She is paying attention. Oh my God, she said something else back to me. Oh my God, she had like a good response back to me. I'm just like famous artist that sold my neon cat for like, you know, $600,000. And Neon, Chris actually responded to me. This is crazy. I can't believe Chris, Chris, the famous Chris with the glowing profile picture that's jumping around right now, actually responded to me. Oh my God. It changed my day. There you go. That's how it works. Molly, go ahead. We got one minute left. You had a, this is your last, this is the last comments of the space before I shut it down. Got you, got you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just to, just to like piggyback slash summarize like what you just said as well. It's like, okay, if you're walking down the street, right? So I live in Atlanta, so there's a lot of people here. It's like, if I'm like walking outside, like down the street, I'm going to pass people. And it's like, are you going to say good morning to them? And if they say good morning, like that's, I think like keeping, I keep, I try to keep that in mind. Cause it's like, there's real people behind these screens. You know, there are bots, but there's a majority of at least people I'm replying to real people. And it's like, if they were to say good morning to me in person, would you just like not respond? Like, you know, it's like, I would genuinely say like, oh, good morning. Like, you know, like, how are you doing? Have a lovely day or something. And it's just like, I think like viewing and using social media more as like a presence than like just a place, a void, you know, like to, to travel in and then like nothing's real. It's like, no, there's real people here. You know, there's real, there's real conversations and real time people are taking, even if it's like five seconds to comment something, it's meaningful. Um, so yeah, I, agree. I, I really think it's an attitude thing as far as like how you use social media and it's very beneficial. It can be very beneficial and rewarding at the end of the day. Right. That's what I'm talking about. All right, guys. Crip King, you got something else? Uh, Marianne, I didn't even get to chat with you today. Um, I'm about to close the space. Anybody else? You got, you got something, the last words here for today? Any positive? No, just, uh, I, you know, like uh, one of the things I appreciate about Molly is like, she does like these fun tweets, like, I appreciate people that like avocados and like things like that. that <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, you know, like always, you know, consistently showing up and you can see like the analytics of just what she said. So, yeah, uh, go support Molly and uh, I wish you the best success possible. Yeah, Molly rocks. Anybody that's not following Molly, follow Molly ASAP. And uh, everybody up here, like follow all the speakers up here. Start. Let's start making friends here. You know what I mean? Like this is what Twitter is actually used for networking we're here to make actual friends so let's 
comment back and forth to each other. Let's literally DM each other. Let's, uh, you know, kind of make a community out of this because that's what this is becoming. I want this to be a community. And again, we're going to be having in real life events around the, around the country this year. So, you know, when you're, when you're part of this community, you get to come to the events um, at zero cost. What? Anyway, um, you know what? It's been real. Thanks for showing up. Chris, thanks for being here. Molly, again, thanks for being our special guest today. Chris, I'd love to have you on another audio cast if you want, man. And I would love to shoot a couple of questions your way and, you know, have some of the audience, like ask you some questions as well, if you're down yeah, for that. it. Yeah. I would yeah, love that too. I, yeah, I, we have such a history, Lucas. Like, I know, man, we go back so far. Ask, <laughs> I, see you on, I see you on here. I'm like, okay, let's, let's see what he's up to today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you can, fun. man, tomorrow would be dope, but you know, we, we could talk about it offline. No problem. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Hit me up. All right, guys. Thanks for coming out to the daily buzz again. Thanks to everybody that came up and spoke and thanks to everybody in the audience. We could not do this without you. So I love everyone in here. You guys are awesome. And, um, you know, I can't wait to wait to meet every one of you in real life. So with that said. Peace.